Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we sit down with David Cockett, Marianne Beattie, and Erica Spencer. Erica is actually a member of the Rockstar team. She started out as a Rockstar member, an investor who bought a lot of properties when she jumped into the real estate investing world, and then got her real estate license, joined the Rockstar team, started working with other investors, began working with David and Marianne, and now all of them are here on this episode to share their story. David and Marianne will discuss how they were thinking about real estate a long time ago, why, why they finally jumped in, where they're buying, why they're buying, where they're buying. And Erica is up to some new strategies that she hasn't used before. And wait to hear some of the rents that she's able to collect on some of the properties that she's investing in now. So all three of them to share their stories. And we're very grateful to be able to share local Canadian real estate investors sharing the ins and outs of what they are doing. So thank you everyone for doing this. And if you are listening to this and you want to jump into the world of real estate investing, and perhaps you're considering student rent and I know student rentals are spooky. Student rentals have a lot of maybe misconceptions associated with them. Nick and I have owned them for a couple decades now. Um, we put a new report together that breaks down some of our experiences and thinking with real estate, uh, sorry, with uh, student rentals. You can get that particular report at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. Student rentals are not for everyone, but they do get a bad rap and I think often unwarranted bad rap. So you can get that report at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. That's it for the intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are live with Marianne Beattie and David Cockett and Erica Spencer. And I'm Tom Karadza. Nick, my brother, is not here. We're, everyone's looking at each other because we have a brand new setup here. This is the first time we're using this setup with the brand new cameras and nobody knows how to act, I can tell. Erica, you're just looking straight. <laughs> hey, uh, so the idea here was that you guys, I, I can't remember how you crossed paths with Erica. I think you saw a TV show with Irwin yeah. on it. Is that how it went? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You saw Irwin we, and, and then that started your real estate journey. We came to a class and we saw Erica present and I said to Dave, she's our girl. She's our girl. <laughs> and what, I said, I'm down with that. Yeah. <laughs> what was it about Erica? She just spoke well and she was uh, into St. Catharines before ev everyone else was. Yeah so, tell, yeah, so tell us about that, Erica. I don't know if you talked them into St. Catharines because you guys live in Toronto. Yeah. And I feel like you've been thinking about real estate for, like everybody, multiple Ever. decades. Forever. So what was that transition from thinking about real estate living into Toronto, in mm. Toronto and then being introduced to St. Catharines through Erica? What was, what was, is, what was the mental shift there? I, I think that uh, Hamilton was, was priced beyond what we were comfortable with. And St. Catharines has a, a good storyline. I mean, they've got the GO train system was going to be going in, and it's a lovely little community. Um, so St. Catharines it was. Er Erica, did you, did, did you, when you talk to people at St. Catharines who are from Toronto, anything come, come did, did, I can't speak, I'm still on vacation. <laughs> Does anything come up repeatedly, like that you're always explaining about St. Catharines that people don't know? Or is it different depending on the investor? I think the number one question is uh, jobs, what people do in St. Catharines, what the major industries are, what our tenants would be, what the profile would be. Um, and I think once they get past that question, then it's an easy an easy convince because it's um, cash flowing, the prices are way lower coming out of Toronto to mm -hmm. Niagara region. Um, Hamilton, again, at the same time, look what Dave said was so much more expensive than St. Catharines. So it was a, kind of an easy like, okay, A or B, let's go with B. <laughs> So, and so let's back up a little bit here. You thought about real estate when some, one of your children was going to go to university. Oh, yeah. So wh why, why did you have that thought? Why did you not do anything then? What year was that? Uh, it would be almost He's 20 years ago. He's trying to age us. Don't answer yeah. that question. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like 18 years ago. So 18 years ago, and you decided uh, not to buy a student rental? We just didn't have the infrastructure to push us over the line. And I think when we spoke to our friends, everyone was all, no, what if your next daughter doesn't go to the same school? What about this? What about that? So we. And as it turned out, that same daughter went to McMaster for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Got it. So has there been a mind shift, do you think, in your friends and family? Because it sounds like if I'm reading, you know, between the lines here, 
you were nervous to buy real estate 20 years ago. And then now, you know, it's been how many years since you've been buying kind of actively? Actively? 2017. 2017 you've been buying. Is there just been something changed for you mentally or in just like the whole consciousness of your friends where everyone's more accepting or is it something that's changed in you? We were on our own path. Uh, we, we didn't have anyone that influenced in any, any fashion. And uh, we're still on a, a path or a journey of enlightenment. And we're looking at all sorts of different opportunities to make ourselves, I guess, uh, com more comfortable in retirement. So I, I guess, and what I'm trying to get to is what was it? What was it? Like, I know you met Erica, but like usually to make a, a big decision like this about real estate, there's some frustration in your life, financials. Like, what was it that pushed you over the edge? I guess I don't get it. I I'm always I'm always kind of interested with people who weren't in real estate and then decided to take the plunge. I think what happened was that we realized we were overly invested in the commodities market and we needed to divest ourselves. And real estate was the next obvious uh, uh, investment vehicle. And since then, we've gone into gold and the silver. So um, the retirement looks good. Looks real good. Well, I think we'd always believed in real estate. Oh, yeah, we always my had. Father had always believed in real estate. He uh, bought shopping malls and, and in that type of investment. And But we were just afraid to do it ourselves, is, is the truth of the matter. And I think also we'd both been through divorces. So you split up the assets and you start with nothing again. So then this real estate's another big risk. Um, but when we. And David heard the podcast and then we came out and listened to the presentation and we just gained a lot of confidence, like with all the supports that you had in place. I mean, we went home and we asked every single possible, listed every single negative thing that could happen. <laughs> and, and I think one of your books suggested sort of just, okay, figure out the solution then. So we tried to plot out what the solutions were. I mean, I think it took us a little while, Erica, like to... To, well, not once we did the first week. <laughs> Erica does a good job of getting people in motion. Oh, yeah, you're ready yeah. to buy? Okay, yeah. I'll show you the right properties. And I mean, and Erica does a great job of finding great properties. So she's yeah. really good at that. But uh, it's, it's interesting to see people take the plunge. They decide, they raise their hand saying, okay, we're ready to do something. And then the next day, Erica has you buying something. I mean that in the best possible way, by the way. Well, it's true. But uh, you're bringing up an important point. I think what we hear over, the, over time, and Erica, I'm sure you hear this all the time time are the reasons on why not to buy why not to buy in general why not to buy in st Catharines? why not to buy in toronto and in the i'm so happy you brought up that piece of the book because i think it's so underutilized people have these fears in their head and we always say hey listen whatever fear you have about real estate write it down on a piece of paper and next to that fear how can you overcome it so for example sometimes people are scared tenants are going to damage their property there are insurance companies now if you want to pay mm -hmm. that will insure against mm -hmm damage by tenants. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of check that one off yeah. the list. A lot of people are scared the house will burn down. Mm -hmm. So you can get insurance for that. So we ask people just to kind of go through the list. And once you kind of go through the list, you realize, oh my gosh, it's maybe not that scary. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me more about your, uh, it's your father who bought and the price he, he purchased some properties oh. for? <laughs> my dad back in 1952 or 1953 uh, decided to buy a cottage and he drove around not sure if my mom was included in the driving around or if he just told her where he was going to buy the cottage because he was Italian. And he, uh, he purchased five lots on a gorgeous lake, $200 a piece. So he <laughs> and thankfully, they're all still in the family. We're all blessed and lucky enough. Each of the kids has uh, built a, a lovely cottage. I can't believe he bought them for a <laughs> And the thing that just like astonishes me about $200 a piece, I'm sure the day he bought them, he thought he got ripped off. He probably did. Like, I'm sure he said, I could have got those for 180 bucks. I should have paid 150 bucks. Like literally he drove away there probably slightly pissed. Like he got the lots, but he was still pissed because everyone we've ever met, Nick and I have this story of when I, I share that Nick tricked me into buying a student rental property for 250,000 because the closest comparable was like 220. And I'm like, Nick, you ripped us off like $30,000 and actually didn't really buy 
bother me. The property paid for itself. But Nick is very frugal in that, like, the, I knew that would bother him. So as his brother, I have to throw these things at him to drive him crazy. That property has more than tripled now. since you know. So it's kind of just this running joke that if you survive in real estate, even if you kind of screw up on the purchase, if you, if you survive long enough, you're likely going to be fine. But at $200 a purchase, I'm sure he was fine. And were these lots just like land and then he built on them? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And he was a builder, so it was perfect. Yeah, got it. I like how you said he was Italian, so you don't know if he, he told uh, your mother. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, got it. Okay, so you buy these properties and then, um, Erica, where do you show them in St. Catharines? How, what's your game plan when you introduce somebody to St. Catharines? Do you just book some properties? Here are the numbers. How do you introduce St. Catharines? Because I've, I don't think you were familiar with St. Catharines, correct? No. Yeah, no. so how do you go through that process? I think that was at the north end only kind of right. time. It was before we started looking outside the north end because the north end was still affordable. So we looked at all the nice houses and all the nice streets in the north end, and Dave went and made friends with the neighbor. Had a few houses, had some teas. Always <laughs> knocking the door to your neighbor before you buy. Yeah. So what were you we trying to do there? Well, we, we had virtually moved in. This is the first house we were putting an offer on, and we were very emotional about it. We didn't get it. <laughs> Which was a good thing, but we had met all the neighbors and got invited to see. I still remember that house. It's crazy the things you remember and the people, right? Like, I, Anyways, yeah, I remember that house. And then were you guys, did you have a certain cash flow numbers that you were looking for? Like, what's the goal here? You're going to St. Catharines. Is it just give me cash flow or just buy any rental property? Was it our strategy that you're using? Walk me through this in a little more detail. Buy the nicest house in the worst neighborhood, or buy the worst house in the nicest neighborhood is what I wanted to say, and um, everything works out from that. We we weren't chasing cash flow. We were looking for something that we could uh, perhaps pass on to our kids, and um, yeah, we were going to make it work regardless. And so they these were straight rentals. Yeah, they were initially single-family homes, but they went over and above in everything. Pull they the did. mic a little closer to you, Erica. Thank they you. went Thank over you. and above in everything they did. I mean, at that time, investors mm -hmm. were spending seventy-five, eighty thousand on legal basement apartments, and we spent more than that. <laughs> your budget was a lot more, but your, your purposeful budget was more than that. You intended it to, was to a make strategy nice that mm -hmm. we had. We wanted to have the best tenants, and it's backfired in a small way, in as much that we get a lot of churn because these are tenants. We have had a lot of professionals, uh, dentists, uh, accountants, uh, people in the healthcare facility, managers of hotels, and their circumstance moves up and uh, they move on. But that's allowed us then to keep the rental rates at market value. Got it, Which okay. has been really, really good for us in the last three or four years. So the property in St. Catharines, you initially started as a single family home rental? Yeah. And no. No. We duplexed it right away. Oh, you duplexed it right away. Yeah. Okay. And when you duplexed it um, in 2017, is that right? Yeah. What were the rents that you were getting for, t or 2018? What were, you, what were the rents that you were getting for top and bottom on that? Oh, boy. Do you remember? <laughs> Ballpark-it. Like twelve fifty and eight fifty type of thing. Okay. twelve fifty and eight fifty. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think they were. Uh, Come on. $12.50 and eight fifty. Oh, if, if, if that's what memory serves, that's fine. And then you, um, over the years when you had people leave and you're saying it was a, a, a bit of a problem because you finished it so nicely, you attracted great tenants, but then the tenants kind of moved on in their financial lives and were able to afford more. But the positive in that was that you got a new tenant, you could go to market rent. Right. And then what are you renting 2018? So now we're three, four years later, what's rent about now? Like upper 2050 and lower 1650. Yeah. Wow. Holy smokes. And I wouldn't say it was a problem or it backfired. It just meant no, Dave, it was good. Dave had to do a little more work showing the property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I hear where you're coming from because you don't have a tenant who's there like 10 years. Yeah. yeah. Right? In one of our rentals right now, we I guess we have one tenant there is like set, it's a family for seven years. And mm -hmm. I, I don't see them leaving anytime soon. But if you had that tenant there for 10 years or the five years, you wouldn't be getting no. yeah. 2015. The, the upside was that we're, we're our own property managers so we're not having to pay someone a month's rent to mm -hmm. to fill it again uh, yeah I'm doing it myself and because we had four properties or eight doors uh, we could mix and match if someone didn't like one property I would take them over to the next one because I knew someone's moving out shortly and so we were able to fill them up pretty quickly yeah so we did a lot of unique things like had someone who really wanted the lower move into the upper for three months because it was available 
Yeah. We were able to do that because we had we a number of properties. Move people around a lot. So what gave you the comfort to put that much money on the line? Because these renovations, Erica, the basement renovations that you're talking about, you usually see about $80,000. At that time. Uh, at that time. Now, now 130, 150, 150,000 yeah. to properly finish. For what they did, I mean, it would have been a lot more. I think you guys were... Because what's that? A kitchen, a bathroom, yeah, and then finishing one Le- legalizing as well. Legalizing the yeah. whole the whole unit. So you're like we typically completely gutted well the basement and, and, and the upstairs and the upstairs. Yeah, not not often the bedrooms were okay. The upstairs, but, but we I would replaced open all up. the trim and doors and hardware and kitchens and bathrooms upstairs as well. Okay. Um, we replaced three roofs. We replaced most of the furnaces, most of the ACs. So what gave you the comfort to spend that much money? That's a I lot of outgoing money. Because if you're buying multiple properties mm-hmm. and you did this on each of your properties, yep. this is a shitload of outgoing money. We were looking at the long term. Yeah, what got you to think on the long term? Like, Because I, I think that's the correct answer for I sure. I think my dad, but, like my, you know, watching my dad and his experience with real estate... And, and I think also the fact that you had a background in construction, yeah. you know, gave us the, the faith in, in real estate and doing it right. And then you've gone from not caring about cash flow, but now with these new rent amounts and the fact that you purchased these properties a few years ago now, you're cash flowing on these properties. About $1,000 each. $1,000 each, Yeah. yeah. So you're cash flowing. So now you have the cash flow. You have equity built into mm-hmm. to the tons of equity. Tons of equity because of everything that's happened. Okay, I have another question for you. How are you guys feeling about rent? And the reason I feel that way is you. I think sometimes as an investor, like you take all the risk, right? You buy this property. You qualify for the mortgage. You put up the down payment. You have to deal with changing interest rates. But part of me in the back of my head when I look at Canada right now, just with the way rents are going and they're so high, part of me always thinks this isn't just a crazy amount of rent to be paying for tenants. Yeah. How do you, in your mind, because I, I don't know how to completely rationalize that. Like I've, I've come at this whole business and real estate as an investor mindset. Like I'm going to take care of myself and my family. I've looked at the monetary system and decided hard assets are what I need to do for my family. And then you see rents going up and part of me is like, holy smokes, like how are people affording these rents? What goes through your mind when I say that? I, I always look back at the European experience. Not many people own homes in Europe. People are renting. So that becomes a, a fixed way of looking at your uh, personal home. People are going to have to rent on a go forward basis. Like up until recently, uh, people always had the goal to own a home. I think that's slowly slipping away from the general population. I agree. I think it's slipping away. I think it's this decade that is the, the, the major transition period. This decade, we see more and more people. And I, I, it's going to be interesting because I guess if anybody's 10 years old now, by the time they're 20, they're just going to be looking at coming into this market and where are they going to rent. Mm-hmm. I don't think many 20-year-olds at the year 2030 are going to say, hey, where am I buying? So we're just in this transition period and this is just the way it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The white picket fence is no longer the, the norm. Yeah, crazy. It's there, you're just renting it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're right about Europe because when I think of Carol's family in Europe, her grandfather in Florence owned property. I mean, who owns property in Florence? But, you know, he owned property in Florence. Mm-hmm. But all her other cousins and stuff, they all rent. Nobody's getting, going out, being born in Italy in Florence and saying, okay, I guess I'm going to be buying up. Yeah, where, where is my yeah, where is my loft in downtown Florence? Where is my Tuscan villa? It doesn't seem to happen. Okay, and then what? Um, when you get jumped into this, any unexpected things that you guys had to battle? I don't know, financing, repairs, tenant issues. Anything come to mind that was a curveball for you guys? Stitches. Oh. <laughs> A few stitches. I, I did a lot of the work myself. Uh, I acted as my own general contractor, and there were a few stitches. I stopped counting when I got into double digits. <laughs> that you were doing the basements yourself? Yeah, I was. I was down on my hands and knees with a, a, a diamond cut uh, or diamond. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Where you you smooth out the concrete? Oh yeah, and got it. I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. I was just covered over. Nobody would do that. And I said, well, I'll do it. So Yeah, good for you. That's what it takes to get stuff done. You're making me... This past weekend, Carol and I were at uh, just outside Western. My son's renting a student rental. And, uh, you know, 
the, this student rental, I don't know how to say it politically correct. I don't know who's listening to this. Thing. This student <laughs> rental, it could use a little bit of work. <laughs> and uh, we're used to owning the properties. So this is really weird for me. Like it's, it's an almost out-of-body experience where my son's renting from somewhere else. I'm so used to being the landlord. I'm not used to being the parent of a son. And some stuff wasn't getting done fast enough. And Carol and I finally just kind of just said, okay, you know, we're just going to do it. So we just got in there. We sanded some mildew off the uh, the shower. You know, when in some student rentals, there's some mildew that builds up in the shower because mm-hmm. they're not ventilating. We sanded off the uh, some of the mildew. We painted. We got mildew-resistant paint. You know the thicker mildew-resistant paint? I don't know if you guys know this paint. But anyway, mildew-resistant paint. Carol's in there painting. I'm in the furnace room vacuuming out like mice shit and uh, <laughs> cleaning and, uh, you know, just doing odds and ends around the house. And at one point, I'm on my hands and knees in this furnace area trying to get the shop vac to clean this area out. And one of my friends calls. And uh, I'm like, if they only knew what I'm, you know, like what right right now I'm in the basement of some London property that's I don't know how old behind kind of wedged between like a hot water tank and the wall with a shop vac trying to kind of like get all this like mice crap out of the way. That would have been a good shirt. Shirt picture, picture with you yeah. wearing. Totally. Yeah, yeah, I should have been wearing our life, our turn. Here we are. But you know what? That's that's kind of how you have to be. Like I, I found the, the landlord sent us a nice little email after saying, hey, thanks, guys. I don't think he's used to parents like getting in there and doing this kind of stuff. But I just, it, I think Nick has this too. And I think a bunch of people who are kind of uh, work here, rocks are like yourselves, Erica, definitely like yourself as well. We all just kind of have that in us for some reason. You're just, you see something that needs to be done and you're just going to go get it done. And, and we're still doing it for our tenants. I mean, I'm still looking for ways to improve our, their experience in our homes. And they really appreciate that. Um, How are you guys deciding on, on rent when you have a vacancy now? Um, Eric, are you giving them guidance on just like going rates for properties? Or are you just advertising it and giving a ballpark rent? How are you doing that on rents? Because rents are moving so fast. Because that's a big move from yeah. where you started to now. Yeah. I always do research at the time. Like, and what, so how are you doing that? Kijiji? Yeah, Kijiji, Facebook. I did my last ones through Facebook. So proud of myself. <laughs> you guys are a really good mix of like Marianne's at the desk doing the paperwork and Dave's like, I'm just going to go get bloody. Like just to <laughs> tell her what you need to do. So Dave does the, you know, the hands-on stuff. Marianne does the behind the scenes. So they're, they're a really good kind of partnership in that way. Um, and, and everything that you guys have done has been over the top in, in such a good way for your tenants, for your homes, for like everything you touch just kind of turned to gold because you put so much into it, so much effort and so much care. Mm, thank you. We, we did have a learning experience from a tenant that we had to evict. <laughs> Walk us through that. But they were so sad about it. I know. Like you guys took it so personally. Like so we did. You did, but that means you're good people. So we knew because we'd done the neighborly report and we knew that they had a credit issue, but they, you know, sold us their story. They'd moved here from down east. They were starting fresh and they were working on things. And of course, like, we have to help them out <laughs> was our mindset. Uh, but eventually it didn't work out. They just stopped paying rent after about two months. And so what process did you get? Did you go through the process yourself? Like N4, L1, did you hire somebody? Kelly? Yeah. Kelly was great. She really was. But uh, it was a long, drawn-out process and uh, a lot of missed opportunity in terms of cash flow. Got it. Why, why was it long and drawn out? They were just kind of playing the system a little yeah. bit? Yeah. They, they yeah. In clearly what way? Can played you, the can system. Can you share anything that others can learn about? Or was it just showing up at the tenant board? Or Kelly handled it, so you're not sure? Uh, no, we went, we went, actually, for the experience, for the learning experience. Oh, yeah. We're always on the learning curve. Not that we wanted to have to do it again, but we thought we might as well know what what to expect. What did the... They didn't show up. No, I, again, I guess it was our fault because at the beginning, like we didn't file right away, you know, because they gave us some excuse, like she was in the hospital and she had some relapse and this and that. And so, of course, we didn't act quickly enough. And, um, you know, once we got the advice, of, you know, we act more quickly under Kelly's direction. <laughs> but um, what happened? They... So what they did, they didn't actually show up to the court. And uh, we were fully expecting that they would, uh, I can't remember how, what she said. They did the adjudicator do. offer a delay at that point? Or no. Or did they rule no. against them? They did okay. end up ruling against them, but she wasn't sure that that would happen that way. But it, luckily it did. They left midnight the day before the yeah. uh, sheriff is to arrive. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, midnight. Have you guys ever had to hire a sheriff? 
We did. We oh. had we had him hired. Okay, but the, and did he, but he didn't have to show up. Right. Yeah. Well, well, he did. He did show. He did show, up but they had were gone. Yeah, okay. we didn't realize that. We found out from the other tenants that they'd moved Got out it. in the middle of the night. We also found out from the other tenants that their son had shared with them that they would be moving soon, um, and they didn't exactly know when. But we didn't realize this. Like, so they had inadvertently shared with the other tenants the plan. But the tenants didn't think anything of it. They didn't share it with us. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh, you give me flashbacks. When we first started this business, we would go with investors to the tenant board. So Nick and I would sit with the investor oh. and then we would speak on the investor's behalf. And then a few years later, it came out that, you know, you have to be a paralegal or you can't get property. <laughs> like you can. But we were for multiple occasions. We were going in there. And if the adjudicator said something, Nick and I would just say, oh, no, we got this. And we would jump up and answer, <laughs> answer the questions. It was completely ridiculous. But the whole time we shouldn't have been doing that. And we had no idea. We thought we were just offering help because our commitment was, hey, no matter what happens, we're going to help you through this whole process. Now we realize that we can't do that. So that's good that you guys went to the tenant board mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. it's so like the people's court you know like all the things that go on in the tenant board i find it like free comedy because people get yes. all in a huff oh, over yeah. stuff and you get like landlords who are clear some landlords are clearly in the wrong mm -hmm. there is no yeah. doubt it's yeah. not always just the tenant right it's the landlord and just going there and watching that whole thing go down is crazy so great for you guys for going for for, for that experience and, and then, then and then we just ended up deciding that when we help people, it's going to be separate from our business. <laughs> so that was a big uh, lesson learned for us. Because you were being, you feel too gracious and too kind and buying into their stories. Yeah. 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 So we, we've helped our own personal mm -hmm. friends since. Um, one of Marianne's friends, I went and spent three weeks renovating her house and I paid for all the, the materials and my time was free. Yeah. So we want to give back. Mm -hmm. Cool. She's cancer so yeah got it we okay. want to make a nice environment for her cool um what are your so what are some of your friends um what do they ask you about real estate now what are their thoughts about what you're doing now because you've been in this now a few years does it come up or do people just not want to talk about it well, in the last two years there hasn't been much dialogue but they there's not much discussion about it we were at a, a party when we bought Oh, Preston. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's right. We were at a, a dinner party. A dinner party with we like had 10 the, people. Everybody on the speaker or there on the other side <laughs> helping us decide how much we should pay for this house. <laughs> and I was sitting in the parking lot at the brokerage office with their check in hand. Right here. There's the money. Just pick us. And were, were the, your friends trying to talk you out of it when you hung up the phone? No, everybody was good Not by it. then. That was the fourth one. I think they realized we were pretty <laughs> determined. <laughs> Got it. And then what's your strategy now? Do you refinance some of your rentals if possible? Do you let the equity sit there? I'm not sure how much you want to share and not share, but is that something that is we're, on your mind? Yeah, it is. Like we're, we're not refinancing. We're letting the equity sit there because we're thinking now more about estate planning. Um, so rather than growing uh, what we have, um, we're pretty thrilled with what we have. And um, yeah, I, I think credit is your friend for sure. Um, but Marianne's not as convinced of that as I am. And what do you mean by that? Well, I think in today's uh, economy, it's it's good to owe money, but uh, only if your salary can keep up with the. So we don't. Whose salary? Yours. <laughs> <laughs> Marianne's still yeah. working. Yeah, I should retire at some point. We have to stop this game. <laughs> Yeah, got it. So you feel comfortable with it just because the debt in the world's growing. So you're thinking, okay, I'll just yeah. carry these properties. I'll carry the mortgages. It's funny. Every mortgage I think we've ever taken has seemed big at the time. And then a few years later, I feel like in the last few years, especially like, look, since you guys bought these properties, I'm sure the mortgages seemed a little mm -hmm. intimidating when you signed the paper. But now yeah, it, it, it looks a lot less. Nick and I just refinanced one of our rentals. I was just sharing with a bunch of us. And no, sorry, didn't refine it, just renewed the mortgage. And we were offered a prime minus 1.2%. And uh, so that's 1.25% interest yeah. on, a, on a rental property. Can you believe that? Yeah. And then we've that particular property, uh, we haven't refinanced that property in like 10 years. And uh, Nick and I sometimes get busy with stuff. And then you look at the mortgage statement and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is just incredible what's left on the property and what the property is worth mm -hmm. now. Time seems to fly. I must be turning into an old person because I just think like time is just going by so fast right now. Um, what about your kids? Any involvement in the kids? Any interest? Any 
thinking yeah. on their part around this, or do they just think you guys are crazy? No, they actually uh, support it. Um, so the one daughter and her boyfriend, they each bought a condo. And when was it? Last year, in 2020, um, they decided to purchase a home together. And uh, the it was an investment property in Toronto, but they were purchasing this to live in. And the seller, I guess, had a lot of difficulty with the tenants. And the deal, I mean, closed, I guess, uh, well, didn't close two times before they were the third purchaser. And they eventually got it, which was great. And they've kept both their condos as investment properties. So they've got the bug. Yeah, cool. So, and then Karen, they're looking at flipping. Yeah. So they've just uh, they bought a place in Toronto again number of years ago and they've uh, done it beautifully and they're looking to flip it and move it up to the next level they got bought in 2018 yeah yeah and they've he's an electrician and they've just done everything themselves there and they're ready they're probably ready to flip next year yeah it's fascinating that everybody seems to be pulled into the real estate market in some way, shape, or form. I look at that as a fault of our money system. Like, I don't actually think it's a good thing. But the f but if you know it and you can get into it, it's the place to be. There's no doubt. It's just almost like I'm kind of torn sometimes. I'm like, this is great that we've all figured out that. Not all. A bunch of us have figured out some real estate stuff. But at the same time, it's like, why do we have to figure out this real estate stuff? Why can't you just do whatever you want in life and not have to worry about it? But it's one of the few ways to kind of pull yourself ahead financially. Mm -hmm. um, Eric, are you seeing any changes in, in anyone that you're working with over the years on what people are asking from you uh, as real estate? Like is cash flow still, the, usually it's cash flow. People want to quit their jobs and it's cash flow. Mm -hmm. Is that stayed consistent through the whole time over the last few years that you've been working with investors? For sure. Yep. Cash flow. Um, this past year, there's been a lot of people selling that bought at the same time um, as Dave and Marianne. So, you know, they bought in the three, four hundreds and are selling in the seven. So they're obviously very happy <laughs> and um, either reinvesting that money into real estate or doing something else, but just kind of happy with that gain. But uh, new purchases are um, cash flow for sure. And then uh, equity building, of course. And then what, how do you think about cash flow? Because I think ever since we've started this whole business, Everyone has said cash flows debt, right? Like in 2009 property, because we started with, you're not going to believe this, but like Hamilton, I'll never forget this. It was my old neighbor from Mississauga. He bought a semi-detached four level backsplit on the Hamilton mountain for 195,000. And he looked at me, I hope he's listening to this. He looked at me and <laughs> thought he got ripped off for sure, for sure. Thought he got ripped off. Didn't want to buy it. Bought another house. I'll never forget up in Barrie because he was told Barrie was the better investment. And uh, the Hamilton place was, was great. And we were buying fully detached at like 205,000 uh, at that time, um, which yeah. was crazy. Nick and I look at each other, we're like, why did we not have more money ourselves? <laughs> like we could, why did we just not, not help anybody <laughs> just buy a street of homes? But we couldn't, like you just can't, right? But looking at those prices then, um, but, but going back to what you were saying, Erica, so cash flow, how do you, exp do you, do you have a kind of like a way you're talking about cash flow now? Because I feel like people must be approaching you saying, ah, cash flow is not really possible anymore. Well, I've kind of made the shift to short-term rentals. So I'm, I've been buying um, cottages myself up north um, and selling off rentals down south at top dollar and buying up north at less than top dollar and, <laughs> and doing short-term rentals. So I, I kind of uh, answer that question with there's, you know, there's other options. You kind of have to stay ahead of the curve, right? Like, I mean, we started in St. Catharines with, with Mike uh, here, and then I led that expertise to my clients too. So lots of people have made a ton of money in St. Catharines, but I mean, there's still a lot of boom. There's a lot of room to boom, I say, in St. Catharines and Niagara, but I mean, there's, there's more in, in markets that are less. So now. where are you doing, can you give us ballpark on how does the short-term rental structured? What's the purchase price roughly? How are you doing that? Um, so I'm up near Bancroft and, and um, I've bought four places now. Um, so basically the numbers are high. I mean, the, we bought one last week and it was listed at 750. We paid 815 on a bully offer, um, not in competition, just, just a straight up bully. So that's crazy. I mean, like that's a, we wouldn't buy a rental in Southern Ontario for 815, but the rental market, it's only a three season cottage and we're going to rent it for 4,900 a week, um, for 16 to 20 weeks next summer. Some weeks are already pre-booked. The long weekend is, um, 700 bucks a night for the Labor Day weekend. So, I mean... Cash flow is amazing. I mean, mortgage rates right now, as you said, are basically free money. Um, 
What could go wrong? 4900 49, Yeah. <laughs> what could go wrong? Yeah. yeah. $4,900 a week. And that's uh, just people renting it with their family and they want to go up there. Mm-hmm. And you can get that for how many months? Um, May till, I mean, this is, I'm literally making it up as I go. Yeah. So I, I think May till September. Yeah. Five months. Wow. Yeah. I feel like that's relatively new where people are paying that much. I mean, it's somewhat COVID related, but if you think about the people that didn't travel before COVID, then there's the people that travel during COVID but won't travel for years to come because of COVID. And then there's the people that have always traveled and they still like cottages. So you're kind of targeting three different groups of mm-hmm. travelers. Um, so I think the COVID effect on cottaging is going to last for five years. Yeah, and I think there's just a change. I mean, uh, Nick and I bought that place up in Blue Mountain, mm-hmm. and uh, we bought it as like a 12-month around-the-year kind of vacation home, like a second kind of home for both families to share. But so many people in that community that we bought there are moving there. Mm-hmm. Some from Oakville that we know that happen to be on our street where we live right now mm-hmm. are selling, and they're moving there permanently. Carol's sister is leaving Maple, Ontario, so just north of kind of Canada's Wonderland area, and moving up to Blue Mountain permanently. Mm-hmm. So I think there's also just a shift. There's a ton of shift for sure. Yeah. And, and it's over. driving up the property prices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people are just deciding to live a little bit. So if they can't travel outside of Canada, mm-hmm. they're just saying, you know, I got to do something. Yeah. Everyone's a little cooped up. Yeah. One of the cabins I bought is not waterfront. It's literally two cabins on five acres. And um, I rent them both for 150 bucks a night. And they're booked straight till the end of September. And mm-hmm. they're, they're just cabins in the woods. Like well, one's an old schoolhouse that people are like, oh, we love it. Like, <laughs> yeah. They just want to get out of the city and not see people and not see traffic and so then you have no one's managing these for you you manage this stuff mm-hmm. you advertise them on what platform to get tenants? airbnb airbnb so they're airbnb properties yeah um, and facebook there's a couple of really good cottage facebook groups that you post them and they're booked like in pretty quick and the turnover you're going and doing the turnover is it a lot to do i mean the the big cottages will be weekly turnovers the smaller ones i'm doing one night minimums um i was doing three but i found that if you allow pets and you allow shorter term like one or two nights then they they rent faster for more money because people can't often get three nights away from work so the more accommodating you are with pets and and time then people will book faster and pay more and then on top of that you're getting a cleaning fee of 150 to 200 bucks and the the whole covid thing right the stringent cleaning is more expensive so people are paying 200 bucks for a cleaning fee on a one night rental Wow. So you think this is a trend that's obviously going to continue. You seem bullish on this. I hope so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you got to do something different. When everyone else, that face that you make when you're like, really? Welland? Remember that face? That, when Erica first started with us and she told us that she was helping people buy in Welland, I'm like, really? We're helping people buy in Welland? So whenever but I see now, that face. No, no, now it's completely wrong. I was completely <laughs> wrong. Obviously, I was wrong. I had that face with St. Catharines. Like when I started investing with Rockstar with Mike, I went to another group in Burlington and a prominent realtor in the area was like, really? St. Catharines? And now he's trying to open a brokerage. And St. Catharines. <laughs> Funny how that works, right? So yeah, yeah Niagara's exploding. There's yeah. no doubt. Okay, so that's cool. So Airbnb, and that's something you're going to try and continue. How's financing on those properties? Hmm. Tricky. Yeah, it's not. It's not awesome. I mean, it's 65% loan to value. Sometimes the key is like buying a four season cottage that has heating and water. Like you don't want to be baseboard heating and and um, like water. The so lake. those ones that are baseboard heating, because you said you had a couple that are just like cabins mm-hmm. in the woods. The financing on that non-existent mm. or. It's between 50 and 65% loan to value, so you're putting down more for sure. Okay. Um, and through more regular mortgage brokers will get it done, but you're putting a, down... Th- that's a B lender. I didn't want the B lender for that one. Um, and I've also bought them through the corporation, so I've gone B lending on them. But I mean, um, yeah, I have a couple clients that have kind of gotten the cottage idea. And then in, interest rates on that? Uh, are best rate, or are you paying a little bit more on the interest rate? 3 4% on, on the Bs, so not, okay. not terrible. I mean, No, for a B lender, 3 to 4%? No, not terrible wow. at all. Um, I mean, you pay the lender fee, which is, it is what it is with the B lender, but um, some clients are able to get like the traditional you know, 75 80% mortgage. on, on like, If you're buying a, a house on a lake, it's not really a cottage, right? Like, so, I mean, at that point, it's just, um, yeah, loan to value is higher. And as lenders get to, you know, experience the higher, like the, Muskoka, Halliburton, those areas are getting 75% loan to value. Um, but the more northern areas, as there's more exposure, then lenders will start lending, I think, at higher rates too, right? So we just kind of have to push it like we did in Niagara. Yeah, as they feel the risk is coming down, they'll yeah. change their, yeah. their lending criteria. Once they see that the rental market is, is, you know, booming, I think the lenders will come around to it as well, so... I wonder what you guys could rent it. You know, when your father bought those properties for $200, he probably splurged and built a house for, you know, a thousand bucks or whatever it was. Probably went crazy, you know, spent yeah. like a thousand bucks building the place. 
when you hear Erica say eight hundred fifty thousand, your father spent like twelve hundred fifty bucks. I'm just making that up, by the yeah. way. We don't know that he spent twelve hundred fifty bucks total on this thing, but can you imagine? He probably did because he brought his construction guys up for the weekend and said, "Build the car." <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So you guys are selling one. Oh, sorry. David. I was just gonna say we used to rent many, many years the ago. The cottage, yeah. yeah. Um, and now you use it, so forget it. Yeah, I, I just heard someone down the street's getting three thousand dollars a month, but uh, it's a smaller cottage. And it's well, it was funny because was it two weeks. years ago, two years ago, or three years ago? Our daughter and boyfriend went on a on a trip in the states and phoned. Dave decided that weekend we're gutting it. We're just redoing everything. We've got all our little extras from He's St. looking Catherine's. for more stitches. Yeah, he got, he's like, I already have <laughs> yeah. some stitches. I'll just get some more stitches. And then she phones us and says, we're getting married. And we're getting married at the cottage oh, no, in not. five months. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. We, we renovated it top to bottom. Yeah, and did you get it done in five months? No. No. Well, you, you got the kitchen done and the main room done. You didn't get all the the second bathroom and bedroom. So done. in St. Catharines, we bought eight kitchens from Ikea with all the appliances. And you only buy them when they have the kitchen event and you get a 20% coupon for future purchases. So I saved all these over the years. And when I did the cottage, I hooked up with my Ikea rep. We were getting pretty friendly by then. And I did the, the, um, the cottage plan. And he said, okay, Dave, that'll be 13,600 and whatever. And so I kept giving him all these cards. <laughs> and he said, okay, that's $6.85. <laughs> See the benefits of putting your own kitchens, your own property. So wait a second. You bought all these IKEA kitchens. You put these kitchens together yourself? Um, In the I, I bought labor, yeah. You, oh, you bought the IKEA labor? No, I, I, I had a laborer that worked with me the whole okay. duration. Okay, I was going to say, holy smokes, man. I can barely put together. I just, just did my son's IKEA desk at Western there to put together a kitchen. That would kind of freak me right out. I'm horrible with that stuff. Nick's way better. Eric, I don't know how you are, but when it comes to that kind of stuff at this point, I'm like, please, can I hire somebody? I'm yeah. good with hiring contractors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so full credit to you. See, that's the benefit. You spent yeah. all the money on the rental properties yeah. and you got these gift cards. Literally yeah. blood, sweat, and tears. Were there tears? And a lot of other finishes <laughs> are St. Catherine's finishes. Like every property in St. Catherine's, they look identical. Um, we just had a good formula. And now our cottage looks a lot like that too. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny how some With leftover a few paint upgrades. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So you, you're selling one property for estate planning purposes. So uh, if I'm understanding that property properly, you're going to take some cash yeah. and then use that cash to restructure some things in your lives. Um, and then the other properties, any plans for those? Is that stuff, I guess, just where are you at mentally with that? Is that stuff you'll just keep we, forever, or will you sell like Erica's saying and do something else? I think we haven't really decided. We've, we're keeping them for now. We want to sell Erica, the one. they want one of your uh, your, co your cottage <laughs> rentals. Yeah. We ha we, we've, we're lucky enough that we have those properties and they've done really well and they're cash flowing. And we'll just, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the future. Like we're still, we still have a lot in equities. Um, so we've got equities, we've got a lot in gold and silver, and we've got the properties. So when I retire... Just depending on world circumstances, we'll decide where we draw the money from. Yeah, cool. So that's a nice position to be in. So you can mm -hmm. choose if you want to sell one. And I, we, we see more rock star investors. We, we have investors now that have been working with 10 years. Erica, you have a ton of people that have been working with for a long time now. And it's kind of nice to be able to sell an asset mm -hmm. when you need the cash mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to get that hit of money, except for the capital gains tax. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever made the capital gains tax from a, a property sale yet, but that absolutely hurts. My brother-in-law uh, made me, I hope he's listening to this too, made me sell one of our student rentals that we owned together at York University. And we bought that thing for three fifty. It was a, a four-level house. So three levels upstairs, seven-bedroom, properly laid out student rental with an Ikea kitchen in the basement, walkout. Um, and uh, there was one mouse in the house. It freaked out one of the girls that were in the basement. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Mario was like, so we're going to sell this sucker, sell this property. We can't handle this property. And uh, we sold that as family. So, you know, we kind of sell, decide to sell that property. We sold it. And uh, I'll never forget writing that check for the capital gains tax. That just hurt me. Like it, it hurt me. So now we tell anybody, if at all possible, refinance. Like you, and I'm not saying don't sell. You're going to sell one. That's fine. Um, we've done it as well. 
but it just hurts when you write that capital it's, gains It's tax. a mindset. I mean, if you're paying taxes, you're making money. Exactly. Okay, I had a, a good friend of mine, and back in the dot bomb, he was mortgaging his house to buy all these shares, and he was telling me how well he was doing. And uh, when it started to slide, he was reluctant to sell because of the taxes. He lost his house. Oh, geez. If you're paying taxes, you're making money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tell everyone the same thing. It, it just, it's always baffles me when someone will come to us. I'm, Eric, I'm sure you get this as well. While someone's like, well, you haven't taken into account taxes when you show me these numbers. <laughs> and we're like, well, yeah, everybody has to pay taxes. Get a good accountant. There's usually efficiencies. They can kind of make it work and minimize using depreciation. Maybe it's right for you. Maybe it's not. But all these mm-hmm. different things. Um, but everybody thinks like if you're paying taxes, it's this bad thing, but I'm like, if you're paying taxes, it usually means you're in the profit situation. So you're yeah. making money, right? So yeah, David, we're the same way with that. We won't, we won't sell another house until Marianne retires because that'll mitigate taxes. Having said what I did earlier, but yeah, <laughs> we have a plan. Yeah. There's a plan. Yeah. A yeah. rough plan. Yeah. So looking back, if you go back to yourselves, you know, when, uh, Who's da- which daughter was going to Mac that you Laura. didn't buy the student? It was Laura, <laughs> and you didn't buy the student rental when she went to Mac. What would you, t- you know, what would you tell yourselves now in that situation? Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh no! But uh, just you know, uh, what fear did you have then that didn't come true? What was the- no? But you said it was the resources that weren't in place. Well, part of it was that, and we probably could have stretched, but, um, you know, just didn't have the confidence. It it was really being surrounded by the Rockstar team and the resources Mm. of the Rockstar team that gave us the confidence. When we were were contemplating it, who do you turn to? You turn to your friends, right? And none of our friends have gone down this path, so they all, you know, uh, presented all of the potential negatives, and we hadn't read your book, so I didn't know about making the list. So there were just, it was just uh, the circumstances. Uh, we, we weren't traveling in the right circles uh, to make the right decision. You weren't getting that scrunchy face. Yeah, yeah I was <laughs> looking at them like, what, what are you doing? Um, we, uh, what, what, uh, so someone listening to this today who's kind of on the fence, what would you kind of tell them? What, you know, if they're thinking about it, what I tell people is a lot of people are looking for like 100% of the knowledge. They're like, I, I'm not going to do this until I feel 100% comfortable. And I tell everyone, listen, if you can get yourself to 80%, it's a miracle. The last 20% is a leap of faith and make that leap with the right people around you. So you know the way Erica had your back and was able mm-hmm. to bring this in from f- surround yourselves with the right people and make the leap. Otherwise, you're just never going to take action and life is short. You, you get the knowledge by just doing it. Yes. You got to get in the game. And uh, yeah, we've learned so much now. Mm-hmm. We could be a coach now. <laughs> yeah, you totally can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, Erica, anything else that you wanted to share? Not really. I yeah. mean, how, how much you enjoyed working with us? Yeah. Anything at all? I think I already <laughs> said how awesome you guys were. I mean, you and I, I think, have the same mentality in a lot of things. Like, Dave and I, you know, just just do it. Like, what could go wrong, right? And then Marianne was like, well, here are all the numbers. You guys are on the right track. Like, you, you know, She's here, a CA. Here's the evidence to support that you're making right decisions. So... Yeah, and that's a good partnership for sure. Like you need you need that you need the balance, right? I mean, if we had two Daves running around, <laughs> you don't have to say Catherine's by now. <laughs> you should see her spreadsheets. They're beautiful. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. I've, we've dealt with so many people with the spreadsheets, and I'm just so not the spreadsheet guy. I'm always like, let's just take some action. I'll figure this out. It looks good to me. What's the mortgage? This is how I do it. I'm like, what's the mortgage carrying cost? Oh yeah, like roll in some more expenses, property taxes. What's the rent? We're good to go. We're, we are good to go. I have my Marianne. You have your mom. Yeah, yeah, our mom. I have Nick. I have Nick. Tom, let's look at these numbers one more time. Marianne did it in a way though that wasn't paralyzing yes exactly yeah. right it was like you were very open-minded you're like well let's just have the the numbers to support like you were moving in the same direction you guys were moving in that direction together so that's easier when then when you have an investor that's like well look you know it's negative 42 dollars like well you have like every possible thing like get you know mm-hmm. the we, shoes that you're going to wear to go to the property is in your spreadsheet like so it's yeah but you had very when you talk about cash flow I mean, at it. everything's in that yes. spreadsheet so the cash flow is a true 
money in your pocket representation of what's actually happening yeah. but that and kills I, it for a lot of people though when they look at they yeah. overanalyze right like every little thing has to be in there like i think it, you considered like the big picture mm-hmm. and you guys knew that you were maybe overspending on your renos but you knew that yours was a long-term game like you weren't flipping it you didn't know st Catharines was going to double in in two years i mean no one really knew that i mean we had a good idea that it was going to keep booming um but it was a mix of like right timing you heard yeah. the right words at the right time like going back to your your questions at the beginning i think that people have to be in the right mindset. I mean, we meet investors all the time that are like, oh, five years later, they still are still contemplating the property, but these guys were ready to hear what, what Rockstar was saying, right? Like they just kind of jumped in and, and embraced it and made the connections and, you know, build your dream team. And you just like went with it. And I think we expected to be here, but not for 10 or 15 years. <laughs> we weren't expecting the Yeah, good for you guys. Congrats yeah. on that. Seriously, that's a good... And I think, uh, Erica, to, to kind of just echo everything you're saying, I think most people underestimate the value of taking action, David, what you're saying as well, because you need the mistakes from taking action mm-hmm. to learn from. Like, everyone will show me a spreadsheet, mm-hmm. and then they will never take into account any appreciation, right? So they'll just show me the cash flow numbers and say, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, and they'll never take into account, well, map out five years from now, what's this property going to be worth? worth? Take any appreciation number you want. Let's... Does that factor into any decision? On top of that, where are rents going? And if you don't take action, you can't make better decisions in life because you need mistakes to guide your next decision. Mm -hmm. Like if you're trying to be perfect at all times, you'll never act. You need to mess up. One of our best business mentors ever said, you need chaos. If you don't have chaos, going to Ikea and getting all these things and your truck's a mess Mm -hmm. and your desk is a mess, it means you're not doing enough because you need the mistakes from all this effort in life. I like when people look at you and they're like, how do you do it? I'm like, I think my life's pretty normal, but apparently it's yeah. not. Well, you know, <laughs> but just from watching you, Erica, you'll just go and do stuff and you'll learn. And then some of the stuff that you're doing, you'll learn that, okay, I don't like that. And you'll adjust and you'll sell some St. Catharines properties and move yeah. into these other things. You'll just constantly move. Accepting chaos for, for type A's, like I think everyone at this table, is you have to accept the chaos that that's your norm. Because I always try and get things to be calm and stable. And I get there, I'm like, this is boring. Let's, do <laughs> Let's make it chaotic again. You got to remember there's three streams of income when you buy a piece of property. There's the people that are paying down the mortgage. There's the appreciation. And then there's the true cash flow. So it's a win-win-win. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard to get people to realize that. Well said. Yeah, thank you. So because wise. everyone will just yes, you're wise beyond your years, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool, guys. Thanks so much for doing this. We're not going to share a website or a Twitter handle or anything because you guys aren't on social media, which is amazing. Congratulations, you win life. You win life. You win. Yeah, yeah. It's your life on your terms for sure. Erica, thanks for jumping. I know you're busy, so thanks for jumping in on this. Really appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure. Hey, everyone. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode of the Your Life, Your Term show. If you'd like to dive into the world of real estate investing and are considering student rentals and you'd like to learn more about them, we have a report that we've put together on exactly that. You can get that report at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash reports. Until next time, your life, your terms.